1: Episode 598 of The Sleeper in the Bust. I am Justin Mason, joined by Jason Collette. Jason, how you doing?
2: Hey, I'm doing alright for now. Uh, let's see, my uh, my college football team is still undefeated. So which is, is Which is great. You have a college football team?
1: Yeah. Virginia Tech, baby.
2: Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, that is. Yeah, they are undefeated. Uh, and so that's happening. Um, and the Rays are uh, doing well. A lot better than the Giants, last I checked. Ouch, and, right. uh, oh, and by the way, uh, your buddy Sandy has an avatar totally picked out for you, but he's not going to give it to you until the end of the season. Um, but he told me to tell you this. He's um, I'm, got I'm, your I'm, avatar.
1: I'm looking forward to it. I can't remember exactly how long I'm supposed to do it for. but I, I think a month. I think I'm, it was a month. I'm totally fine with that. I, and okay. I believe I have to go buy a uh, a Tampa Bay Rays jersey uh, and – where that, it's, for somebody's bet, maybe it was, I think that maybe you're in my bet.
2: Was that? Maybe. I mean, I maybe guess. that or Yancey. Maybe it was a combination. Yeah, <laughs> but anywho. It, Mike
1: it, Warner or, I mean. That is
2: coming. That is coming. And uh, that's for now. But uh, a hurricane is bearing down on my uh, on my coast. Um, and, and it's pissing me off on multiple fronts because UCF was supposed to play North Carolina this weekend in Chapel Hill. Uh, doesn't look like it's going to happen. And it sucks because North Carolina really sucks this year. I mean, they just lost to East Carolina. Uh, And so I was supposed to take my son over for that game, early birthday present for me. And that's going to get washed out. And it's going to suck here over the weekend. Um, How about you?
1: Uh, I'm looking forward to the Redskins losing. Um, Of course. That's what they do. Uh, And, you know, the the nice thing about us doing this podcast on Sundays uh, is we can kind of talk about the Redskins just a little bit. But they won't won't have lost yet unless they've played on Thursday night. So that'll that'll make things uh, easier. And I'm just kind of struggling through what is the worst month in fantasy for me. And that's uh, baseball still going on, but football starting because uh, yes. I am writing like a ten thousand word uh, article every week for fantasy Line for football, and still doing all the roto write ups for Fangraphs and. Uh, and then all the podcasts. So th- this is kind of a awful month for me, but we'll, we'll make it yeah. through and we'll keep going with baseball, I think, all year you know, long.
2: And I'm glad we're in the theme of what we're going to talk about today because, honestly, that's where I've shifted my own writing to is is looking back at what went right or wrong for people. Uh, you, you can't give people advice about how, what to do over the next three weeks. Half of you guys are out already in and, and your head-to-head leagues and, and formats. Everybody else is... You know, there may be a few races that are tight, but I'm looking at, you know, AL Tout Wars and Rick and Glenn have have been leading almost wire to wire. And that league's over, Uh, you know, my home leagues. I'm probably going to finish fifth place in both, which is great because I get the first pick in the reserves in both leagues. But that's not what I was aiming for this year. (coughs) Pardon me. Uh, And, you know, that is what it is. I'm not going to have any league titles this year yet again, but I'm also not going to finish in the basement. Uh, I have this very... Uh, mediocre season where I'm like fifth, you know, fifth to seventh place. I think I got as high as, I think I'm in third, uh, in my, uh, in my contest that you're running and, uh, top worst, not so good 10th, but I'm not last.
1: Yeah. I'm going to finish fourth or fifth in tout wars though. I'm helping decide who the champion is. Cause I'm playing Jake Seeley this week and I had, I was just kicking the crap out of him. Um, but he, he's starting to catch up. It'll come down to today. And then, uh, uh, I'll take enough points from him that uh the championship come down to him and Clay Link oh, as they go match up against each other in the final week next week. So uh, I felt feel nice that uh I'm I'm going to finish like fourth or fifth in that league uh considering all the injuries I had but uh I'm going to have a lot of fourth and fifth place finishes as well uh which is extremely disappointing after a year last year in which I you know brought home like six championships and a, you know a bunch of uh, money placings uh, I'm probably only going to bring in one championship, which, you know, I'm I'm happy to at least win one, but I'm also in 17 leagues. So it's like, that's not as impressive as it should be.
2: <laughs> hey, it's still one more than I have.
1: Well, you know, and I'm going to cut back next year for sure. It's, it's, it's gotten to the point where 17 <laughs> leagues is costing me championships every year, because no matter how much time you put into stuff, if you're playing that many leagues, it's it's, it's nearly impossible, especially when most of them are daily daily moves. That
2: oh yeah, know, I'm I'm hard and fasting. Done. That I'm hard and fast. I'm going to do labor taut my two home leagues, and that's pretty much it. Maybe the you know the the, the your contest. Yeah, the, that's five. That's it. That's my five. Everything else, I'm out. Well,
1: good. I'm, I'm glad. I, well, I
2: take no. I got three home leagues. Now I forgot. See, that's the problem. You can't keep track of everything. Yeah, um but a, that's hard. That's hard and fast. So I'm staying in the invitational. I maintain we still need something where we can connect a tool or we can connect via API to all the different, all the different things. You've got one dashboard that runs your teams.
1: Yeah. You'd think that someone would come up with something to make it easier to run all your teams. I think I'm, I'm, I'm obviously keeping tout war is obviously keeping the invitational, uh, and signups are already uh, up. You can go to tgfbi.com. You can see the standings. You can get, uh, uh, the signups there. Uh, for next season. So if you uh, are interested in getting involved in any way with that, or just want to check out uh, the standings and how things have been going, uh, feel free to go over and check that out. TGFBI.com. Uh, uh, so, uh, but uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be cutting back probably down to 10 to 12 leagues.
2: Yeah. This is also me declining the early uh, way too early mock draft email. This uh, is me verbally declining. No how
1: dare you? I can't I can't dude. <laughs> you don't want to mock you don't want to mock draft this early <laughs> this early for next year. No. <laughs> That's all right. No. Me, me, Paul and I'll uh, handle it for for fan and for sleeper in the bust. Thank you. All right, let's uh let's talk about uh uh kind of I talked about with Paul uh last week that uh we talked about guys who uh over not overperformed, but broke out and where we thought their draft stock would be coming into next season. Uh, we're going to take the opposite direction today, and we're going to talk about guys who have been somewhat disappointing this year uh, and where we think they may go and whether or not we'd be in on that price. Uh, Got to start with a guy that a lot of people took first or second in drafts this year. I know I took him uh, first in a number of drafts and second in a number of drafts. So he probably my most owned player was Jose Altuve uh really disappointing especially because the power was down and the speed was down and the counting stats were down um so he went uh so far he's got 10 home runs 15 stolen bases hitting 316 382 448 where do you think he go in he's gonna go in drafts next season
2: yeah, it's kind of crazy when a guy that's 33 percent above the league average offensively is having a disappointing season. But that's where it is. I mean, part of the part of the beauty of Altuve was just the volume. I mean, he never got hurt for from 13 to uh, 13 to 17, played 152 plus games. That's not going to happen this year, I mean, he, and that's that's part of the ding against him. But then the you know where the powers come back down, and when you look if you look across the body of his numbers, except for the speed. This looks a lot like two thousand
1: uh, two thousand fourteen, where two thousand fourteen,
2: yeah, it looks like like fourteen where the where the power. I mean, the last couple of years, power was if you're just looking at ISO, it was up there, and then this year it's it's been back. So it's it's tough to look at last year. I mean, last year was just at one crazy level, so you had to factor in a little bit uh, of regression. But then you look at sixteen and seventeen as a whole body of work. It's like He's done it twice. Why can't you know? Why can't he at least come within ninety-five percent of that again? And he's and he's not going to. Uh, you know, this is when you have to when you worry about somebody somebody who's played as much as he has, where where speed is is the basis of the game, and that and he's going to be twenty nine going into next year, and we're we're starting to see signs of the uh, signs of a speed decline. It's really tough to take him. Yeah, there's, it's really tough to look at him as a solid first rounder. Where he was a surefire lock for the uh, you know for the top five this year, it's tough to look at him as a top twelve guy this year. Just because there's enough red flags, and even if you everybody else is like I'm down, there's no way I'm taking him. And you jump and maybe you take him tenth uh, or something like that. I not that there's much value in the first round at all, but there's more risk than reward here uh, for going back into the first round for him this year in 2019.
1: Yeah, I think he still will be a first rounder, and I have a hard time not wanting to go back to the well. I mean, this is a guy that uh, coming into the season had, what, six straight years of at least 30 stolen bases? Yep. And hit 300 in five of the the last four five of the seasons. Uh, or, yeah, last, uh, the last four seasons. That's Right. And so it's hard not to look at that track record, but this first, somewhat like an organizational choice too they're just not letting him run um you yeah, know they've been batting him second and third which is something they've done more recent in more mm-hmm. recent years but at the same time they're just not he only has one stolen base in the second half
2: it's yeah and that was that was something that was out there i remember writing about it a couple of months ago that was just something that was there he just wasn't taking the uh, taking the attempts either but I mean the, the the beauty of him is he's got such high floors. I mean his worst batting average 283. His worst on-base percentage was 316 and that one's an outlier because the next one's 340. I mean he's got his floors are insanely high. Uh, and and the offense he's still going even this year in what we're calling a down year, he's still going to score almost 90 runs. Even though he missed he missed a little bit of time. And so that's what's that's what's great about having him. But again, I, I think there's more risk than reward in taking him in the first round. Uh, if I'm picking in the top ten spots, I'm not, I'm not going to roster him. It's going to be really tough. Uh, you know, if you're if you're sitting there with the 11th spot in the 12th team, I feel comfortable passing on him on the 11th. But I would grab him on the on the back on the way back around, picking at 14, and, if, and if the guy on yeah. the elbow takes him. Okay, my I, loss.
1: I think he's like the perfect pick on the wheel. So like, you know, maybe you pair him with, uh, a huge power source, you know, something like, uh, and I don't know if Stanton's going to go this high, but a Stanton Altuve Mm and, and, and that's, you know, you, you get the power and, and maybe hopefully the speed comes back a little bit, um, and, and the average, so. Uh, I think that's kind of where I'm probably going to have him, but even that's going to be difficult because I'm going to really want to pair him with someone who kind of complements his negatives, which I think at this point we're having, you know, I think we're saying that the power regression is legitimate, you know, at some level. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh Let's, let's move on. Talk about Clayton Kershaw. uh Kershaw, obviously, has missed time with injury, has uh, come back and pitched well, uh, but he hasn't been necessarily the the Clayton Kershaw we have always known and uh, despised as Giants fans. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Except when he's pitching against the Giants. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So uh, where do you think Kershaw will end up next season, and are you going to be in or out on him?
2: He's been a first-round lock for, what, eight years? Right, I can't make the case for roster for taking him in the first three rounds. And again, I'm I'm more risk adverse. Rounds. Well, this, over the last three years, he's going to pitch under 100. He's going to pitch fewer than 175. Well, actually, he won't exceed 175 innings. He threw 175 on the nose last year, but 149, 175, and then by the time this year's done uh, in the regular season, you figure he's going to be about 160, 165. And while the numbers are there, I, I need more I need somebody who's giving me I need somebody who could give me some more innings. And when I'm looking at you know, last year or last year he had the two hundred and two strikeouts. He had 172 the year before. Uh he probably be gonna is probably gonna finish this year about one hundred sixty. That's that health track record the last two years looms too large for me to say, okay, he's out of the he's out of the free and cl- he's in the free and clear. He should be able to move forward. I mean, I know we had this this bump of the rug with Verlander, but Verlander was still getting up on the mound. He was just having some statistical problems. It's the second year in a row that Kershaw has missed, or third year in a row, that he's missed significant time um, with, with injury. And so that's why I have I have a tough time. He's not that high SP1 lock anymore. The skills-wise, yes, but the health-wise, these problems don't go away.
1: Well, and I think one of the things, too, that uh... – is concerning is we were concerned about his velocity at the beginning of the season and mm-hmm. it's only gotten worse. I mean, and not by a ton, but you know, last three starts he has in our last four starts, he has an average 91 on the fastball, which is where we were concerned at the beginning of the year.
2: He's Cole Hamels. Like it <laughs> I and, can't even say that word cold it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that'll you. work. Uh,
1: so, I mean, I think there, there, I think there are reasons to be, uh, very, very concerned. I agree with you. I think he's probably a second round pick, um, or, or maybe even a third round pick. And I, I'm going to have a hard time saying no to that at at times, especially if he falls into the third round, but I'm going to try to probably stay disciplined and stay away because this was the first year I ever got shares of Kershaw. Um, because I was just never willing to pay the price. And uh, I've I've been burnt pretty hard by it because, um, yeah. you know, especially the, the loss in strikeouts really killed me in a league like Tout Wars where I sp- uh, spent 50-something bucks on him uh, and didn't get the tight strikeout upside or innings that I really needed in the points league. Yep. All right. Well, speaking of another disappointing first-rounder, Charlie Blackman <sighs> has been a disappointing guy that people thought was – Maybe not the most exciting guy in the world, but we thought he would be at least very steady, and we knew what we were going to get from him. Uh, Power is down. Speed is about on a par where it's been the last few years. Uh, But the average dropped almost 60 points. I'm guessing Charlie Blackman is a second rounder next year. Are you going to be in on that price?
2: Uh maybe just because he compiles enough numbers i mean you look at the you look at it, at the end of the year he's still going to probably have 30 homers he's still going to have scored 100, 115 um the rbi production's way down because of where he's at in the lineup uh, nowadays but he's still compiling but you look at the body of work in 2018 it doesn't look that much different than 2015 i think what i mean last year we were spoiled uh, with what he was able to do across the board, but then you go look at the StatCast data and, and look at the 40-point split between his expected weighted-on-base average and his weighted-on-base average, and that should have given you the heads-up, like, yeah, and it, if you look at the body of work and look at 17 and see how it compared against everything else – uh, you know especially with the the type of contact you have to factor in some type of regression but this this is a bigger dive than we expected but then going back to those same metrics he is absolutely he's performing where his context says he should be there's a 4 point split between his expected and his actual on base average weighted on base average this year so he is performing exactly how his context says he is and if this is if this is who he is now um, you know, obviously those two, the expected weighted on-base average is not a great predictive thing, but it's also telling us that what, he, what he's doing is what he should be doing. And if this is what he's going to be, um, if this is back to where, where that point is, then he's now a compiler. Um, and you're looking at him because he's producing a cross five categories now, rather than, you know, last year with the insane amount of runs and the RBIs and the, and the power and the great batting average, uh, now he's just providing that quantity across four, uh, and even five categories because, you know, 15 steals is actually pretty damn good, uh, in this, in this environment now, um, yeah, yeah, steals continue to dwindle away for a lot of guys, um. So that's where he is. I can see him being a, a low second rounder the, uh, next year and, and not running from him uh, as he becomes the, uh, the Adam Jones of the West.
1: Oh, wow. That was mean. <laughs> I, I Well, eventually
2: have... that's where I see this going. I mean, yeah, I don't want, probably. I don't want to say he's going to go cargo, but the, the Adam Jones I and mean, Adam Jones would just put up a bunch of compiling seasons. And now Adam Jones is showing his age, Yeah, uh, you know, uh, this season that's and la- started last year, but really into this year too. But yeah, you know, Blackman looks more like a compiler to me uh, at this point. And, and I think you know, good was, he's, staying, he's staying in Colorado. Um, but we're also talking about a guy who's going to turn 33 in the middle of next year.
1: I think, too, the fact that uh, you just mentioned that he's staying in Colorado obviously helps his cause. I think uh, while he has a pretty decent BABIP for him, I think for Colorado we could see it go up. And maybe that helps raise the average just a, a little bit. He's still making the same amount of contact. Uh, that he has in in previous seasons, uh, it's just not quite as much hard contact, and so that's you know probably a little bit of the uh, home run decline that we're seeing this year. But I think next year he's a twenty eight, twenty nine homer guy, fifteen stolen bases, three hundred average. That's pretty awesome, especially like you said, he, he's gonna he's gonna compile stats. Uh, the counting stats in in Colorado. So I think I'll be fine with him as a second round pick. Uh, I'll be interested to see where he drops because, I mean, there's been so many guys who've jumped up into that kind of second round discussion that he could drop out of the second round completely.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: All right. Then we have to talk about Josh Donaldson. Now there's obviously caveats. Uh, if he comes back healthy this year, if uh, you know, depending on where he signs for next year, but Josh Donaldson uh, had an ADP of thirty-two uh, coming into this year. It is obviously going to drop tremendously. Where do you think it drops to, and would you be willing to pay that price?
2: All right, so one of my favorite dudes uh, forever. Uh, we're also talking about a guy who's turning 34? 33. No, he turns thirty-three this winter. Uh, and honestly, for me, he—he's going to be right in there, the top of last year's garbage, this year's this year's treasure uh, theory, just because of his consistent production. Uh, from fifteen to seventeen, when he's healthy, we know what he's capable of. um I also want to see where he lands, and that really to me where he where he ends up is going to is going to factor his value by a round round and a half and He played in a very friendly home run environment in a division with a lot of friendly parks for him, so that unbalanced schedule. Uh, came into play very nicely i mean when you get when you get nine to ten road games in Baltimore and Boston and new york it's it's helpful uh, and so that I really want to see where he lands uh, lands in that regard if he could get uh, really his home park uh, i am I am willing to draft him in nineteen about you say he went 32 so he's to me he's a low third high fourth round pick. Where he stands right now, just on his reputation. Uh, well, no, thirty-two is right below. So, right, he's a fourth, solid fourth rounder. Where he stands on reputation alone, where he lands could push him back up in the up in the third round or down into the fifth round.
1: Oh, really? You think he'll even be that high? Because I I think he's probably going to drop to the seventh or
2: eighth round. I don't know, man. I mean, when you this year, you have to write the whole thing off to injury. And basically you know, but, I mean, if you read he, about some of it now
1: been over a year of him being injured. So are you going to trust that he's healthy coming into next year?
2: Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to go that way for now and, and take the risk. Maybe it's because my personal bias and I like the guy too damn much. And, uh, maybe signs in <laughs> some place that's grass. that doesn't have that stupid fake, uh, fake turf, which may be part of his problem as well. Um, It's going to be personal bias for me. I like him too much.
1: All right, I'm going to see if I can find someone in the ADP from this year that was a similar kind of uh, loss. And so, um, well, let's see. Starling Marte went 47th after uh, being suspended. So I guess, yeah, I guess that would probably be the same kind of, you know, well, the other that's thing, wrong. the other
2: part I look at, the other thing I look at with him though, uh, that's that's tough for me to over. And, and he didn't miss as much time last year, but he played hurt is how Xander Bogarts made his bounce back. I mean, Bogarts has been a monster this year um, at the plate, 31% better than the league average offensively, and last year it was 5% below league average. Uh, Even though he played 148 games and had 635 plate appearances, he played injured for most of that second half, and his power just dropped off because of it. And then this year, you see the power come back. He's matched his 2016 home run total, um, looks a lot better at the plate, and balls jumping off his bat. And that's to me, that's, that's where I'm looking at this with Donaldson is you've seen a guy try to struggle through injury and's had had uh, trouble with that and then can bounce back. Now with, with Bogarts, it hasn't showed up in the, in the, uh, the, because he plays through and he's done, um, you know, even this year, he missed a little bit of time. Um, but the last couple of years, he just keeps playing, but he was able to make that bounce back. And that's what I'm looking at uh, from Donaldson in 2019 is once the, once the leg is healthy. Um, as long as it stays healthy, he can pick up where he get right back to where he was.
1: Okay. So here's the comp that I'm going to use. And it's not necessarily what that I think this is what he'll be next season, but where I think he'll be valued coming into next season. Uh, a guy we're going to talk about here in a little bit, Miguel Cabrera, who was coming off of an injury plagued year, but had that huge track record of being a consistent star went 96 overall coming into, uh, this last season. OK, so I think I think we could see a drop like that in the ADP. And if that happens, then I'm going to be willing to take a huge gamble. I don't think I can gamble on him in the third round.
2: Yeah, but I, I don't know. There's there was more. Well, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm not even look trying to think about where the uh, where open roster spots are. But, you know, if he gets into the if he gets into the the right environment, Atlanta, that would be a great place. I mean, he's from the South. He's from Alabama. Uh, maybe he goes to Atlanta and plays there, and has that lineup and that ballpark. That could be a great thing uh, for his uh, for him.
1: He could be the backup plan in New York uh, if if they don't get Machado. Um, trying to think of other spots that would uh, fit him well. Uh, yeah, can't can't really think of anything else off the top of my head, but. I mean, those are the two that jump out to me, which would be great landing spots for a guy like Josh Donaldson. And really, I think, you know, he he's one of those guys where his power is going to play anywhere. So I'm not necessarily worried about too much about where he goes. I'm right. just looking for the one of those spots that would give him a huge boost.
2: I'm probably going to be the high end of him. If I was doing that way too early mock draft, Donaldson would be on my team in the fourth round.
1: Uh, what about you, Darvish? Coming off his worst season, uh, that who's actually you know, somewhat healthy for, uh, though, I mean, obviously injuries have completely derailed it. If he comes into the season healthy next year, where do you think he's drafted and would you be willing to take a shot on him? Uh, <clears throat>
2: uh no, uh, I mean, I didn't like him. I was, I was probably way out there on the, no, I don't want him into this year. I want absolutely no part of him. Uh, and I, am obviously justified in that. And I don't know, I mean, he's out, they ruled him out for the rest of this year with the, with the uh, stress reaction uh, and a tricep strain. You know, we, yeah, there's, there's, let's see how that processes through. I still want no part of him.
1: Yeah, the, it, being in, you know, the stress reaction and the tip of his elbow now, I mean, I am by no means a doctor, but I, I don't like the idea of elbow issues, especially a guy who's already had Tommy John surgery and i believe yes. he's exiting that tommy john window you know the little grace period that uh uh we hear about uh so I, I i'm i'm super concerned if he drops into like the 10th or 12th rounds which i think he easily could and he, his adp coming into the season was uh 40 47th that was insanely high by the way yes um but i mean if he's dropping into the 125s, 130s. I'm gonna have a hard time saying no for a guy who's can, who can to can strike out 11 per
2: nine. The strikeouts are there. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna run away from it. Uh, I'm I'm running away. I, I don't want let somebody else take the risk. I think there's a better uh, a better shot. I you know one guy that comes to mind just because of similar issues this year, but he hasn't had the problem. You know, had the official surgery. Um, is Lance McCullers. You know, when I'm looking at the two of these, I'm still, it's like, Darvish has had the surgery. McCullers has had red flags. Uh, Right now, I I am, I'm going to take McCullers first, but I'm not, I'm not crazy about, I'm not crazy about it. And I had, I was big on McCullers coming into this year. Um, Bit me hard, bit me hard. uh, And, but I would still take them over you, Darvish.
1: Okay. Let me throw you, uh, throw you some would you rather's with Darvish. Would you rather Darvish or Robbie Ray? Robbie Ray. Darvish or Zach Wheeler?
2: Oh, man. Wheeler. Darby. I like how he's pitched this year.
1: I have, too. Uh, Darvish or Tyon? Push. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I think I'm, still, push. I'm taking Tyon. <laughs> so. I don't know.
2: I probably should go the other way. I probably uh, should say Tyon. I'm saying push.
1: Darvish or Ross Stripling? Stripling. Uh, let's see. Do one more. Darvish or Julio Tehran?
2: Oh God, I, I can't. Julio Tehran. I can't. I cannot watch him pitch.
1: <laughs> I no, try to. He's got a sub four ERA. I know. I have no idea.
2: Whip, a... I have no idea how it's happening. You I watch him either. pitch; his mechanics look like crap, and. Be, it just To me, it looks like it's a guy who's really tough on righties. I just don't get it. When I've watched him pitch, I keep saying, God, give me a bat. I can hit this. And then I look at his numbers. I'm like, how is this happening?
1: <laughs> All right. Let's let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk about a guy who you were big on coming into last season when he had his big breakout. And then he broke his elbow this year. And that's Elvis Andrews. He had an Ugh. HP of 60. Uh, I was out on the price just because I felt like – you are having to pay for the ceiling as opposed to uh, paying for some profit potential. But I know this burnt a lot of people. Where do you think he is going to be drafted next season? And would you be willing to take a shot on a rebound?
2: I mean, the the issue with you were paying the premium because of the speed. We talked about the speed keeps going down, but yet he has stolen at least 20 bases for every season of his career. Unless he steals 16 this month, that's not going to happen this year. Uh, so, uh, but that's but all the others, you know, even this year, the, the skills, everything else has been in line. It's just that's the one piece that hasn't been in line. Uh, you know, Obviously, be, staying on the field, but, but he's been able to do that year after year after year. The problem, you know, getting back, he's a guy whose game is built around speed, and he's at 30 years old. And so you have to wonder how much of that is going to come back. Uh, as he continues to play because he has been on the field just about every day uh, heading up into this season. Um, even that's getting back to a guy playing through injury, that was his problem in 2016, which is why I was super high on him because uh, he was trying to play through a sports hernia and he was still able to do what he did. But uh, And then he came back last year and, and did really well across, across a number of categories. Um, I'm trying to think of guys in the buckets. I'm still going to be up on the high end towards him um I still think he's a top 100 player despite what happened this year. Um but it's going to be right there around. I think he was at 100 heading into the 2017 season. I was out in the front end. I still think he's a top, I think I think he sneaks into the top 100 as everybody starts putting together 2019 rankings.
1: And I think that's a fair price for him and I think he will rebound. I I almost wonder and I haven't watched enough Rangers games cuz they they've they've sucked uh but I almost wonder if some of the not stealing this year is maybe he was afraid or the Rangers were afraid of him getting injured again. Maybe, you know, I mean, they, they just don't want his arm being thrown out towards a bag like that. Uh, and, you know, cause the speed score, while it's down a little bit, it's not like, it's not like he's got average speed. He's still got very good speed. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not understanding exactly why other than, you know, an organizational change or, uh, you know, a, a player just not wanting to steal that he's not taking off. So I think those will come back next year. And I think if you get them, you know, around pick uh, 100, I think that is going to be a pretty decent value.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Miguel Cabrera. This is his second disappointing season in a row. Uh, again, marred by injuries, uh, He went 96th last year. How far does he drop, and would you be willing to take a shot that he comes back and can be profitable, at least?
2: Profitable is good. He's got to go way down. I mean, we're talking last year was problematic. This year, the oblique blew up on him. I mean, he's 35. I mean, the high end is that he, he gets to where Albert Pujols was this year.
1: Oh, that's there's that's, no way he's dropping that far.
2: I don't know, man. I mean, he did not look – he has not looked good for a full two seasons now. Over the body of – in 17 he hasn't looked good. But I'm trying – I'm looking at the the counting numbers uh, for pool holes. So you look at 17, 23 home runs, and he still drove in 100 this year. I, I still think Miguel is not going to hit. And I'm really talking more about the power numbers. I mean, Cabrera, Cabrera can hit 245 in his sleep. That I don't see the price. It's just the power numbers. That's the problem. He could be he could hit 270 just so how his his bat bat to ball skills are still going to have him hitting. And uh, I still think he hits 270. But the power that's where I see him. I see him right around 20 driving in 80 85. That's that's kind of where I see Miguel Cabrera the rest of the way.
1: So where do you think he's going in drafts? Because he's definitely not going to be drafted like Pujols. So, Pulis was drafted outside the top 300 this year. My guess is he'd be going in the 15th round? No, no, probably not that late. That's
2: 180. That's 180 in a a 12-team league. He's going to be in the 150 to 180 range.
1: Yeah. And I don't know that I can even pull the trigger on that. I don't. I don't want to be. I mean, that's where you got guys like Eugenio Suarez, and look where that's
2: happening. And look where that is this year.
1: Yeah. You also got guys like Delano DeShields and Greg Bird and uh, Orlando Arcia. But you got, you know, Matt Carpenter went in that area. Josh Bell went in that area. Uh, Michael Conforto went in that area. So, you know, I mean, there there there's some talent to be had. And it's just if you don't believe that he's ever going to show the upside that we've seen in the past from him then it's hard to take a gamble on a guy like that.
2: I agree. I mean, I'm looking at, um, if I go back and look at ADP, uh, and, and sorting out, I mean, if I want to pick if Miguel Cabrera sitting there at 150, I, this, this last year, I could have rostered Trey Mancini and I'd still would have taken Miguel Cabrera. Um, Justin smoke. I would have taken Justin smoke at that point. Um, Polanco would have taken Polanco. Um, There's Mike Zanino, LOL. Um, (laughs) Hey, guess what, people? He still sucks. Uh, Jay Bruce was there. I mean, that's the range. So at 150, like in those, you know, heading into last, that's where, that's the type of names that were sitting there in the 150 range, uh, 150 to 160 uh, last year. Carlos Santana, I would have taken Santana in at 164. I mean, that's the type of guy that was sitting there. So. And I'd still, with I'd still would pretty much take just about every one of those guys over him. Just looking at it this year, if, if, all the same, I still there's there's a smither there's a smidgen of upside there still um, for me. Really, depending on need at that point. Like if I'm looking at Santana, I, I believe more in Santana's ability to hit 30 and drive in 90 than I do Cabrera for 2019. But if I'm already hurting a batting average, do I just keep going down that hole? And it's like, fine, I'll take I'll take Santana and his 230 um, again, or do I say, you know what, I'll see if Cabrera can bounce back and take his 270.
1: All right. What about Miguel Snow? Now, Snow had uh, off the field issues that were potentially uh, that that could have potentially suspended him, and I think that uh, dropped his price in drafts down to the 112 where he went uh, according to NFBC ADP coming into the season. My question to you is after being demoted to the minors and uh and struggling at, at times, where do you think his ADP is coming into 2019 and would you take the shot on a very young player with elite power?
2: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the power is elite. Um and, and yes, he was a garbage person off the field. Um, and I typically have an own When somebody's garbage off the field, I don't want anything to do with them. Um, but I'm going to talk to people that don't care like that or, or don't have that same kind of filter. Um, you know, it, you have to, when, when a guy's got the elite power that he does, uh, you have to give that another chance and put him at the last year, this year's trash, next year's treasure um, ability. I, I just wonder if if he doesn't have a new home next year, I wonder if, if Minnesota is going to, cause this is a DH, this is not a guy that can play the field. He's terrible um, in the field. I, I honestly think he's a DH at what age 26, 25, 25. Yeah. So he's, he's really a DH at this point, even though they've tried him in the field in a couple of places. Um, but that, that power, it, it's going to come back. And th- this is the type of guy that you could get at a, at a very nice discount, uh, and and be rewarded for it. It just as long as you don't have the filter like me. Like I don't, I want no part of Roberto Musso on my team. Um, and you know, whatever. That's just that's just the way I operate. Um, but this is elite power. I wish he did. He wasn't a garbage person off the field, and so I could take a. I could. I would want to take a chance. Uh, on this, because the power is great, um, but the holes in his swing are great too. That's always going to limit. That's always going to limit where the batting average is. Uh, but the the home run and RBI production could be very good in the right place. And I, you know, I think a change of scenery um, is is needed here, and also a reset of his head.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see them try to uh, move him for something. Though I think the struggles outside of Uh, being sent down, well, that's going to soften a market for him. Um, And like you said, him really needing to be a DH long-term softens the market because, I mean, how many teams really want to clog that position? Uh, That being said, he's only 25 years old. He's going to be 26 towards the beginning of the season next year. Uh, He's got a ton of power in the second half. Uh, really cut down the strikeout rate to a palatable 33%, 34%, something like that. So uh, considering it was at 40 just in the first half uh, before being sent down, uh, that's at least a decent change. You know, still has a two hundred over 200 ISO for the season. So, I mean, the power is obviously going to still be there. Uh, and he walks a ton, which kind of helps out a little bit. I'm going to have a ton of shares of Sano because I don't have the conscience that you do. Um, and I'm okay with that, but, uh, I really want to see one if, if he does get moved, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe the twins don't need to, I mean, I believe this is the last year of Joe Maurer's contract. Uh, they only signed Logan Morrison to a one year deal, I believe. So they're no, two years. Play. Oh, was it two got, years? It was two
2: 16 on Morrison.
1: Well, but then they can move Morrison to to first base and play him at, at, at D H. So that, that's a possibility. Uh, Was this really the last
2: year of Joe Maurer's deal?
1: I believe it is. Wow. It's, it's been a long time coming. Yep, he signed an eight-year deal in 2011. Wow.
2: I thought that deal had more time on it. Wow, oh, Maurer's nope. only 35.
1: Nope, he's, th- this is it for him. I'm sure he'll become a, a special assistant within the organization.
2: Can we just take a moment to appreciate how amazing his 2009 season was?
1: Oh man, it, you know what the amazing part about it was? Was uh, I then got him in my AL only home league in 2010.
2: Ah, oh, can we I'm just appreciate sure how I amazing he was?
1: Thirty something bucks on that <laughs> catcher.
2: Ah, uh, 170 weighted runs created plus, three sixty five, four forty four, five eighty seven. Good God. Yeah. It's
1: he he was uh, he was pretty amazing, and now we've got uh, the reincarnation in San Francisco and, and Buster Posey, kind of uh, unfortunately. So don't
2: raise your kids to be catchers, man.
1: Definitely do not, but definitely raise them to be baseball players. Because David Johnson just got as much as uh, uh, a reliever for the Rockies did, according to Ryan Bloomfield.
2: Yes. <laughs> so. Uh three thirty you got a three thirty nine extension coming off a season where coming off a year where he the, missed us is that the, missed scene scene the that season
1: Mike Dunn got or I can't even remember who it was that got that exact same contract for the Rockies, which is insane. Yeah. Uh Rafael Devers, he was a guy I was super high on coming into the year, another third baseman on this list. Um he has uh largely disappointed. Where do you think he will go? Uh, in 2019, and will you be willing to buy back in on him?
2: I mean, I I have him in Tout Wars, and I don't. It wasn't somebody that I targeted. It just kind of was. Okay, there he is. Um, I want to see what I paid for him because uh, I know I Probably I don't remember 19 bucks. Targeting. Let's see, Devers, Devers. like. I don't even want. God, I paid 19 bucks. Oof. That
1: sounds. Um, he was a hot, he was a hot name coming into the season. Well, tail, I only. mean,
2: the the. It was tough when you watched him last year. It was he was extremely impressive at the play. Like he wasn't overmatched. I I just I remember talking about him turning on a Chapman 102 and hitting an out. It's like, wow. I mean he is handling fastballs and he's not overmatched. It's just it was just everything else that apparently he's had uh that where has been the trouble uh this year. And you and you just watch him and it it's it's the non fastball stuff that really when I've seen him play, that's where it's, it's been easier uh, to get him out. And a lot of people are going to look at it and say, yeah, sophomore slump. This is why I don't draft sophomores um, because this is what they're capable of. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a learning curve. And this is why there's also the the theory of hey, the third year player, because they've had their highs, they've had their lows, and now they know what they need to do to adjust, uh, to, to get to where they need to be. And so Am I going to pay nineteen dollars for Devers again coming into the season in AL format? Unlikely. Um, would I roster him at sixteen? Sure. I'll come. I'll go back to the law. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let him go because what impressed me in seventeen uh, and in flashes in eighteen um, is still there, and so I, I still believe. And again, let's see. You know, I've talked about age a number of times. He doesn't turn twenty two until after until sometime during the postseason late October, so we're still talking about a kid whose age peers are playing A-ball, and he is now almost 700 plate appearances into a major league career. Um, you would be making a giant mistake if you write this guy, if you write this kid off uh, because you're like, oh, he sucks this year. Never mind. Um, don't do it.
1: Yeah, I think he's going to be one of those guys that are like the epitome of a post-type sleeper.
2: People, yeah.
1: people are going to feel burnt by having spent a top, you know, 150 pick on the guy. Uh, he'll have disappointed uh, tremendously, um, and they're going to forget him. You know, for me, I really want to watch him for the last few weeks of the season and see if the time in the minor leagues has helped him not swing at those outside pitches because his O swing percentage being at 37% is just not going to work mm-hmm. um, long term. So uh, if he has, you know been able to kind of read the zone a little bit better and pick up the off speed stuff uh, and the breaking stuff out of the zone a little bit better. That way he can lay off of it. Uh, I think that'll be a really good sign that he has, you know, made some adjustments in the minor leagues that can carry over to next season. So either way, I think I'll take the discount because my guess is that he would drop probably outside the top 200. And I think for a guy who, has shown he can hit at the major league level. I mean, you know, in spite of the fact that it's been a bad year, still has 16 home runs and five stolen bases. Yep. You know, it's it's not been a complete train wreck as much as I think some people would try to characterize it that way. If he fall, falls outside of like top 170, I'm all game for that.
2: I am too. I am, uh, even though I, like I said, I went out there and, uh, Wish I would have spent that money elsewhere, but I will spend it again next year. Maybe just not the full amount. I, I'm still. I, I love. I love kids or that, that young that struggle uh, because it, it's a, it's a reminder that being at the major league level at 21 years old is pretty freaking special, and not everybody is Juan Soto. Sorry, <laughs> it, I know he blows the curve. He comes up, and, and you know we said go all in, spend all your money, and you, I hope hope you listened and you know, he's rewarding you, but uh, not everybody's Acuna and Soto. That is the, on the scatter plot. Those are those two freaks all the way in the top right-hand corner. They're they're Um, the ones that ruin the
1: prices for all the other guys. Yes. So speaking of a young guy who is not Juan Soto and not uh, Ronald Acuna, Manny Margot was a hot name coming into the season. Uh, Uh, I definitely bought a few shares of Margot. I know in my, one of my NFBC leagues, I have him and that's been extremely disappointing. He was uh, pick 138 uh, according to NFBC ADP coming in the year. My guess is he's going to drop outside the top 200 because unlike uh, Devers, who at least provided you some of the power uh, that you were expecting, people were expecting 30 stolen bases for Manny Margot, which was insane, but uh, he only has 10 this year. If he drops outside the top 200, are you game to go again for it?
2: Yes, I mean again. This kid, he turns 24 here at the end of this month, and so again, a 23 year old that's typically double A, and now we're and he has over a thousand major league plate appearances, uh, and so again, I'm I'm back. I'll be back in on him again. And one of the things that always impressed me was his uh, elite contact skills throughout the minor leagues, and even this year, he's made he's made better contact overall this year than he did last year. It's just the the quality of the contact has not been, has not been what's, what's needed. And that's to be expected of a kid who's still maturing physically, uh, yeah, last year, uh, when you look at the, the Statcast cast data, he's hitting the ball as expected. The quality of his contact is matching the output. So we need to, we need to hit the, do make better contact is really what this comes down to. Um, but yeah, his ability to get on base throughout the minor leagues was always good. Um, That's not been the case this year, but everything else has been in line. We just need him to get a little, make better contact. And when, once that happens, I think there's a chance of him. I I think at the high end uh, of a projection in 2019, that he's back in the, the mid teen home runs and he can steal 20 bases. He has the speed. He just has to get on base.
1: Yeah. And one of the problems is he's not getting on base in the second half. Uh, over, over the uh, – or since uh, the beginning of August, uh, his walk rate is less than a percent.
2: Uh, some guy, you feel like some guys are like, okay, just – can I just play this season out, please? And the thing is, he's his defense is always going to keep him in, in the in the lineup because he's a, he's a great center fielder, uh, or out, uh, great outfielder. Um, so he's got the defensive metrics to ki- keep his bat in uh, his, his bat in the lineup because the glove's going to play. Um, I, I, again, I just think this is a case of young kid needs to physically mature. Uh, Yeah, that's that's where I'm at with him, and I'm I'm willing to take him. uh,
1: OBP is smaller than his average. That's sweet. (laughs) He's got a two fifty five, two fifty two, four hundred nine triple slash right now for uh, since August. Nice. So, uh, but I'm in on him too. I mean, the speed alone, this the speed threat alone, makes him a worthy gamble. Around pick 200, and I think that's one of those places he'll go. Like you said, the defense is good enough that he is going to play every day. It's, it was my whole Matt Chapman theory coming into the season that the defense is going to keep him in the lineup enough where he'll be able to work through the slumps. Uh, and I think the speed will be, you know, will will be fine coming into next year. So uh, yeah. I, I like Margot as again one of these post hype sleepers. All right, a guy I don't like very much and have never really liked very much is Gio Gonzalez. Garbage! Um, <laughs> but he did have some good seasons, uh, in a, a number of good seasons in a row prior to this one and kind of completely falling apart. Are, are you buying that the, uh, the falling apart is the true skill, um, or do you think he will rebound, and where would you be willing to take him?
2: Uh, so I wanted no part of him heading into the season. I mean, absolutely no part. If, yeah, I, I've done a better year, better job this year with my bold predictions, but I'm going to read you what I wrote about Gio Gonzalez this year. Uh, so, so my bold prediction was that his ERA was going to go back over 425. In the last few seasons, he has been in the mid threes with recent bookends of a 457 on the high end in 2016 and 296 last year. Let's see, there are a number of red flags that contribute to the production of his ERA jumping by more than a full run this coming year. Um, you know, Last year, he stranded 82% of his base runners against a career backdrop of 74%. Babbitt was 40 points lower than his career average. His average fastball velocity has declined 4 miles an hour from 2012 to 2017. Um, last year during the season it went from 91.2 to 89.8 over the course of the season and then his whiff rate this fastball went from 10 10 10 10 and then 8%. As in my my concluding paragraph I said the citizens of Pompeii were scientifically ignorant in 79 AD because they did not realize that a major earthquake of 63 AD and the small tremors leading up to that fateful day in 8079 were a warning signs of a pending eruption. I may be a bit hyperbolic here, but there are enough red flags listed above to keep me further away from Gio Gonzalez than usual. I stayed away last year and missed out in a profitable year, but the worst mistake you can make is being a year late on a guy." I said the Roto-Wire projections have him as the 40th starting pitcher with a 3.57 ERA. I am personally not as optimistic. It is not like the demise of Miami is going to help him because he was already dominating his hometown. That was one of the things is he always would pitch well against Miami, and that would help in his numbers. I think I mentioned that earlier. But his current ERA is uh, back at 4.57, uh, <laughs> as it was a couple of years ago, as it was a, um, back in uh, 2016. And I, I feel quite justified um, on that on that number, and I am not going to want any part of Geo Gonzalez again. I always miss out on the good year when it shows up, and uh, I was mad at Paul when he drafted him last year, and uh, it worked out well for us. I don't think Paul drafted him this year. I didn't let him. Um, if I did, it may maybe that's why we don't podcast much together anymore, yeah, and maybe no. a Gio Gonzalez theory, because yeah, um, he's, the like, he's always he's always liked him much better. He's always liked him much better than I have. Um, but this year, damn it, I was justified and right.
1: Yeah, you were, and I mean, I was running away from him too. I just don't trust. Uh, I just don't trust that walk rate with him. Um, it's just a matter of time before things kind of went off the hill. Uh, the interesting thing will be is. If now being in Milwaukee, because his first start in Milwaukee was decent, if he has a couple more decent starts and and kind of lowers that ERA closer to four, he's gonna get some love coming into next year because he won't be in yeah. Milwaukee. It'll be a better part. if he pitches well with with the Brewers. Rest the way, uh, he's gonna get some love and some hype, and I'm there. There's no price in which I'm interested in Gio Gonzalez. All right, none. Man. We're gonna None, even if you with... gave him
2: to me for free. Be like, nope, sorry, pass.
1: <laughs> We're going to finish off with Dylan Bundy, who is a guy you loved coming into the season, and you just wrote an article about him. So he had, he was at ADP 192, almost 193 coming into the season, uh, and it is not it has been up and down. Uh, but uh, where do you think about Dylan Bundy for next year? Where do you think he's going to go, and would you be willing to buy in?
2: Yeah. All right. So as much as I just patted myself on the back about Gio Gonzalez, I'm going to slap myself or what What Ken Giles punched himself in the face about Bundy because I, I was all in on Bundy this year, even though I didn't get him rostered uh, in a few leagues. Um, but I said that there was profit in where he was being drafted. And oh, boy, was I wrong. Um, when you One of the weird things, I mean, his season has gone as poorly as his his actual team um, has this year, and one of the things you know, what I liked about him, and what I liked about him as he closed out 2017, was that his slider. I mean, he lost his slider during the season, and then it came back in the second half, right before he fully imploded towards the end of September when he when he uh, tired out. Um, but the slider was really showing good, and then if you look at it this year, it's still good. I mean, his 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 numbers on his slider in 17 and 18 are very close. The problem is the fastball. I mean, he's not, he's never had a great fastball. It's just been, it's there so we can use, so we can get to his other pitches. Um, And he's got velocity on the fastball, but it's just by weighted by, by run value, it sucks. And this year it's, Particularly bad. I mean, last year it was about seven and a half, uh, negative seven and a half. This year is almost fifteen, um, below average, and and that's really where it comes down to. It. When I look at the numbers, I mean, the fastball he gets he gets hit uh, on the fastball rather hard, and that's been part of the problem. Uh, but it's been even worse. Like his weighted on base average on his fastball when he's behind in the count is five fourteen. I mean, that's horrendous. Last year it was 407. So if you're looking at a difference between last year and this year, I mean, he's getting particularly punished when he when the league knows the fastball's coming. i um, against him. Uh, you know, 20 of his 37 home runs this year, and by the way, the 37 leads the league in home runs, uh, have come off his fastball. Um, but part of the problem is too is is some of that comes when even when he's down in the count. I was looking; it's tough to try to figure out uh, stuff with him. But when I look at like uh, the the home runs. Uh, when he's when he's down in the count, he's had the the splits have been all over the place. So yes, he's had a lot of home runs off fastballs, but it's not like they're all coming when he's down in the count or up in the count. They're just they're out there. They're coming from all over the place. And to me, that just really speaks to commands. And watching his most recent game uh, against Tampa Bay on uh, Friday night, he he just had nothing. He had no command of the stuff at all. And I think it just really speaks to the season where you have the catcher setting up setting up one spot and reaching and reaching and reaching. And that's every, every time I've seen a Dylan Bundy start for the most part, that's been the case. And I don't know what to make. I don't know what to make of him um, heading into the season. I mean, this season has been terrible in, in that regard, but I don't want to put him in, this year's trash next year's treasures pile either because I haven't seen much to make me think it's going to get any better I mean Baltimore's not going to get any better Uh, and so what what are you you're drafting him yeah he'll get you some strikeouts great but there's still too much risk there in play to think there's a there's something else that could that could show up here and let me get back in on him Uh, let me get back in on him to see what's what's possible Uh, I I think he he is what he is right now uh, maybe he gets moved to the bullpen at some point, but this is and maybe that's where his stuff could play up. Uh, but I um, decided and he's still only 26 years old. That's uh, he will be 26. That's that's kind of the thing with him. But we've got a we've got a nice body of work uh, that shows he can still miss bats. But he is not a guy that's going to work. He's not going to get you 175 innings. And maybe he is a guy that goes to the bullpen. But it's still young to write him off into that down that path. But i' I've, you know I've seen he, enough where you know i'm not i'm not really taking that good. chance again he'd anywhere be, but baltimore
1: no nah, i'm i'm saying he'd be he'd be good as an opener he he just cannot i mean he's he's given up a three seventeen average against left handed hitters
2: and that and that's and that that's one of the other things that's kind of weird too because he you know when he added, when the cutter came back in i mean the cutter was the thing that jason parks back on the up and in podcast called a uh, a beautiful piece of aerodynamic filth uh, and so they gave it back to him last year and that was one of the issues coming into for him was that he you know 16 he was terrible against lefties and then and but then in 17 it even with the cutter he didn't get that much better it was the numbers were kind of right there a little better but this year it hasn't been, the numbers, haven't been there either. And he's, he's taken a step back in it. When I was looking at, um, if I could pull up, uh, let me get to that piece real quick just to the, kind of talk that through. Um, but if I go to the his numbers against lefties over the last couple of years,
1: oh, they're, they're atrocious.
2: Well, it's like so if I just go by weighted on base average, uh, 323 in 2016, 328 in 2017, and this year 404. I mean, the batting average went from 255 to 257 to 317 against lefties. And then the slug went 439, 452, 568. 17 of the 37 home runs have come against lefties uh come uh from a lefty and so that's where when he's got the extra pitches and even the you know the times to the order penalty it's terrible on him too but it was it was terrible last year um they've got to find a path for success for him and I quite honestly think it's it's in the bullpen Uh, there's not but there's not there's not a good path forward for him as a starting pitcher
1: yeah I think it's out of the bullpen and I think it's uh maybe as an opener when you have uh, a right-handed lineup like the angels or something coming up uh you get two or three innings out of him and then you uh turn it over to someone else
2: yeah he's not there's he's not going to have another pitch that's not coming from anywhere this is he the other pitch came in it didn't make a dent to his overall numbers uh when you've got a good pitch he's got a good slider um, the way to make the fastball better is to throw it harder, uh, and the only way to throw it harder is to not have to worry about throwing 100-and-something pitches in a game.
1: There you go. All right.
2: The opener is the path to the future, folks. Buy into it.
1: There's already t- – I mean, Minnesota's doing it. Uh, Oakland's doing it. It's 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 happening, whether people like it or not.
2: And when you look at the Baltimore system, it may be their way forward.
1: Yeah. It- Boy, is
2: that bad organization. Oof. Yeah,
1: it's, that's going to be ugly for a very, very long time. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode. we got some football to go watch. So, Jason, what are you got going on this week?
2: Uh, this week, home all week, uh, hoping that hurricane blows out to sea so I can watch my football uh, game with my son in Chapel Hill. Otherwise, I uh, will likely be picking up branches all over my front yard uh, uh, over next weekend. But home during the week.
1: I am currently looking at Wade Boggs' uh, Rays jerseys to pay off whatever bet. I know I owe somebody a bet in terms of, uh, having to buy a Rays jersey if they finish out of the Giants. So
2: number twelve on you number twelve on your program, number one in your heart.
1: Yeah, it's either that or Ho- uh, Hori Cantu seems like a fun one.
2: Ah, record. number three. Remember how he got big one year just eating chicken off his dad's mm-hmm.
1: farm? <laughs> yeah, they also have uh, oh, Randy Wynn, which would be co- a good one. Uh, is there is there a Juan Guzman? There's no Juan Guzman. Oh. That, that would easily be. They have a Ben Grieve.
2: Ben Grieve, Oh, man. So I got two stories real Ooh, quick. Oh, and Baldelli. I love, love, love Rocco. I got two stories, one about Guzman and one about uh, uh, Ben Grieve. So the Guzman story, there's one year the Rays had a garage sale during FanFest, and I had like two pennies to my name at that point, and there was a $10 Juan Guzman Devil Rays jersey, and I wanted to, I wanted to buy it. I wanted to. And I was like, I've got – it's like that, or did I buy gas to get home? I mean, I was – I was in a bad place and I didn't get that jersey and it haunts me to this day. Uh, The other one, the Ben Grieve one, I remember going to a game with my best friend who there was somebody a comped Ben Grieve at one point and said he was possibly the next Ted Williams. His swing looked that beautiful during his during his prospect career. And my friend never forgot that statement. And so we went to a game and sat in the first row in right field and he brought a poster that, and all he did was scream. Next, Ted Williams, all frickin' game at him, and had the sign about it. I'm surprised we weren't ejected. Uh, but yeah, that was those are my two back in the Devil Ray. But yeah, Juan Guzman. For folks that didn't know, the, the Devil Rays gave him a two year contract for twelve and a half million dollars, and he never completed a single inning. He got hurt in his first start and was done. Oh, that's <laughs> brutal. He got hurt in his first start and was done. And, and it wasn't a it wasn't a great – I want to go – and I I, mean, I loved, loved Juan Guzman with the Toronto. But, yeah, he signed that deal. Let's see what he did. He signed that deal with the Rays, and in his first – no, I'm sorry. He didn't complete a second inning. He went one and two-thirds, seven hits, eight runs, two home runs allowed, two walks, three strikeouts, never threw another pitch. So his ERA with the Rays forty three twenty. Yeah, and I fi- I think I figured it out one day. Like he he ended up making, um. Yeah, they gave him a six million dollar contract. So f- what do he throw? How many pitches did he throw that day? Twelve million dollars for, uh, not that many pitches. <laughs> so yeah, and that was right around the same time as the uh, the hit show, or as we called it, the shit show. good times
1: yeah so see it's the hard part about being fans of teams that don't win very often it's just like you know these are the memories that stick with you
2: yes can't forget it alright dude alright take it easy you too see ya
0: fair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league well look no further and download SquadQL, ql the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year download SquadQL ql for free for your apple and android devices squad ql recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters bench players and free agent pool How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver-wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL